On this show of St. Louis in Tune, we're going to return to civility, talk to Carla Suarez, Community Support Manager at the International Institute of St. Louis, discuss the Welcome Corps World Refugee Day, our word of the day, and also some humor. Greetings, listeners and listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what is happening regionally, nationally, and internationally. Mark Langston, how are uh, you today, sir? I'm fine, Arnold Stricker. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm just glad we're not getting all that smoke from oh my gosh from the Canadians. Horrible up there in New York area. Oh yeah, they get. I saw a picture of. I don't know if it was a a bridge, some bridge going over, and you could only see halfway across the bridge. It was horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. I'm just glad we're here and not there. And now they're asking folks to wear a mask again. Right, N95s. Yes, that's right. And I'm sure there'll be pushback on that. I don't know. If you look out your windows, like, I think I better wear one of those. I know. It, it, we're fortunate here, but, yeah, it's it's something. Where does all that smoke go? Does anyone know? It goes out to sea. It's following the jet stream right now. And then what? Does it just stay in the upper atmosphere? It might go over across the pond to England. They were talking about, I guess, when it rains, it will actually... Settle it. Settle some of it out. I wish it would rain in Canada where those fires are. I wish so, too. That would be helpful. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of maps, if someone looks lost or they're staring at a map, ask if they need directions. This is our return to civility because most likely they're a tourist <laughs> or a visitor or maybe they're a native and they just don't know where they're going. I just added that part. And there's no better way to let them know how friendly and civil your community is than by offering them directions to where they're trying to go. So if someone looks lost, or they're staring at a map, ask if they need directions. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> My wife says you always have questions. The question is, men never ask for directions. Is that true or false? <laughs> I would say generally it's true. I don't mind asking for directions if I know, okay, I don't know where I'm at. I'm going to stop and figure it out, especially Chicago. I've always been confused in Chicago. <laughs> really? Like, just tell me where... The lake is, uh-huh. and I'm okay because that's right. east. Okay, but like when you're downtown and in the middle of the buildings, it's and your phone's yeah, go this way, and I'm like, well, where's north? I you bet know? we could do a whole show on this. Oh, I absolutely. Washington D.C. is terrible for me because they have statues everywhere with the roundabouts, and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I hit a couple of those roundabouts, and who knows where I am after I hit a roundabout in Washington D.C. We actually learned to use maps too when we grew up. Is that right? Well, so, yeah, so a lot of men don't ask for directions. In fact, but we do know to the minute how long it takes us to get from one place to another. I know a general vicinity. It's like a homing device. I know it's over there somewhere. I know. It's like my wife will say, yeah, it'll take us two and a half hours to get to the lake. I go, no, no, it takes us two hours and 13 minutes. Yeah, I will say we're going to arrive at 413. I know. Okay. Sorry. Carlos Suarez is here. He's the community support manager at the International Institute of St. Louis. Carlos, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you very much for having me. A pleasure to be here. I met Carlos the other day when we were giving a donation to the International Institute. And before we get into what your job is as the community support manager, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came about working here at the Institute. Yeah. 
As you mentioned, my name is Carlos Suarez. I serve as the community support manager here at the International Institute. I actually started working here in the midst of the Afghan crisis or when the U.S. withdrawal was taking place in Afghanistan. So shortly after, I started in December of 2021 here, really digging deep into the situation that was here, not just in St. Louis, but around the world in terms of individuals being displaced or, and but essentially the withdrawal from Afghans out of Afghanistan, heading to U.S. bases, and then eventually being resettled in, in other cities within the U.S. or other cities around the world. So what does a community support manager do? So I oversee partly op- logistics of when we're welcoming individuals to St. Louis community. What that entails is when we receive notice of a family coming or a case, as we call it, we will first either find out if they have a local tie here and be in contact with them. But most of the time it entails finding housing. That's the most critical piece in terms of welcoming a family here and housing from housing to more support items for that and setting up those houses with household items, beds, furniture, so that they can have a welcoming experience and start their life here in St. Louis, living in dignity and get started as as quickly as possible to self-sufficiency. So I oversee a lot of logistics when it comes to housing, some transportation, and a lot of in-kind support that goes to um, going into those houses. We rely a lot on community support for our household items when it comes to just everyday items that individuals need when they're utilizing for whether it's cookware, laundry detergent, and things of that nature. And so those are things that we ask the community. It helps reduce the burden that families have when they come to St. Louis and just help get them on a path to greater self-sufficiency. The other component that I work a lot with is also community partnerships. So we work with a number of strategic partnerships, including Welcome Neighbor STL, the Great Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis, Kindness Begins With Me, Christian Friends of New Americans. They work a lot with us side by side and providing support to the families that we're welcoming to St. Louis, providing supplemental assistance, really helping with the integration of families and individuals coming to St. Louis, navigating the system, getting plugged into community events, getting to meet other people, just being a great resource and friendly neighbor to these um, individuals that now call St. Louis their home. I can't imagine if listeners were to go to another country and go with nothing other than what they had on their back and expect to not but expect to become part of that particular culture or that city or that neighborhood, how they would do that on their own. And you think about people coming from another country here who don't speak the language, who may just have the clothes on their back and may have come from a situation like Afghanistan, that to have these particular services in place and ready to go to help them establish themselves, it's a tremendous boost and a tremendous strength because you're probably already really mentally and psychologically drained from the whole experience anyway. Is that your experience with these things? No, a lot of individuals, they're, you know, being a resettled as a refugee, like they're going through a lot of traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. And they're not coming here because they want to, they're coming here because they have to, essentially. Mm-hmm. And we offer, thanks to the U.S. government and the 
programs that we have in place, we're able to welcome these individuals um, with a number of resettlement agencies throughout the course of the U.S. But yes, our goal is to get them lined up for success as soon as possible after arrival. But at the same time, they're going through a lot of traumatic situations where it's not a it's a marathon, not a sprint in terms of welcoming people to the region. The Afghan refugees who came, I think about your job when there's maybe one or two families that kind of, my words, trickle in. And now all of a sudden you have 200 or 300 families coming. And the burden that happened, when was that? About a year ago? Yeah, about September 2021, August, September 2021. Yeah. So what resources did you have available at that time? And then there was a huge appeal for resources. There was a huge donation. And then there was a huge fall off. So expand on all those things, please. Yeah. So when we had this situation, nobody asked us whether we want to welcome so many individuals, right? right? So we just stepped up because that's what we believe in and that's what we're called to do. And with us stepping up, we knew we needed support from the community. And we knew that the St. Louis community is so giving and supportive when it especially comes into these kind of situations and needs. So we made a call out to the community and certain ways that individuals got involved or the community stepped up is one, we had a donation drive where we were in need of a lot of items, especially household items to go in and to welcome these families. Two is there's when individuals are first here, they need food. So we asked for the community for grocery gift cards to go to Schnucks and Aldi and so they can start to, to learn that experience and go through the American shopping, grocery shopping experience and get access to food and the appropriate amount of food. And two is a lot with transportation. We had a large, because of kind of the large number of uh, individuals coming in in a very short period of time, also the large family sizes on average, they were having like anywhere from five to six Wow. on average, wow. family members, and as high as a family of 13, wow. all in the same family, immediate family. And then the housing situation, or the, where the housing market is at, right? So where the inventory and supply are, it made it really challenging, especially within having a lot of people coming in with that short period of time. We had a lot of community members step up, help drive when it comes to transportation, take individuals grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. We even went up wanted to go above and beyond and provide a lot of cultural items for families such as non-Afghan bread. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the daily diet and cultural diet for a lot of Afghans, as well as halal meat. Mm -hmm. For those that recognize our Islam or Muslim. So that was, those are some big components. We had a tremendous outpouring of support. For those that saw pictures, we had our gym, gymnasium here at the International Institute flooded with gifts. We stepped up and did a lot of coordination, had a lot of volunteers that helped drive um, that organization Mm -hmm. to make sure everything was as smooth as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all those items, where they end up going is a lot of times into setting up housing for families. So Mm -hmm. into these apartment setups that we organize on a regular basis, depending on the needs that we have. And then, yeah, we've essentially gone from a gym full of items that were 8, 10, 12 feet tall, stacked it was and organized packed. into now we have a completely open gym. We have a donation uh, room or storage area 
in our basement that's very organized, but we're also now in need of more items that can go to help support these families and reduce their burden. Wow. Because resettlement or this industry or sector, it's a, it's an up and down kind of environment where we're receiving, we might have a few weeks or a couple weeks where we don't have any new people coming, but then we might get the floodgates might open a little bit further where right. we have actually next week we have uh, several families coming in on one day mm-hmm. and that's may has been busy actually this whole year has been busy but may in particular was busy i believe we welcomed around 90 individuals wow. 17 families or cases june we're expecting another busy month july is a busy month so all these items are in constant need here and that's why <laughs> We're continually working with a lot of different community members, community partners, different organizations that have really stepped up when we have a call of need for this. In addition to, I know we talk a lot about Afghans, Mm -hmm. but we do resettle. St. Louis here is unique in that we are great in the sense that we resettle a lot of individuals from different countries, different ethnicities. Outside of Afghans that we've received a lot of in the recent time, our second group is from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. And we still get a lot of individuals from places like Syria, Iraq, Burma, as of recently, and some in Latin American countries that I'll also talk a little bit more about um, here as we we're they're developing some new programs that are getting launched in, in, in tandem that the U.S. government has been spearheading such as Welcome Corps. Mm-hmm. So we can talk a little bit more, more about that. But essentially, outside of, we do welcome quite a number of groups here to St. Louis. We have a lot of capacity to support different yeah. ethnicities, nationalities, and really have a full stream of services that not only upon arrival, which I talk a lot about here, right. but into that, getting into self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. establishing benefits, getting in basically the system with social security, but then also into the workforce. We have a great workforce solutions team that one, we're building relationships with employers that want to hire talent coming through the International Institute. Mm -hmm. And then we work alongside our clients in terms of going through practice, resume building, finding out what their skills and needs are, and doing our best to match those based on what's available in the marketplace with employers and their hiring. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so much to take in. What you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> Thank you so much. Goodness gracious, what yeah. a what a need we have and International Institute is right there. It's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, this is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston on of St. Louis and Tomb. We're talking to Carlos Suarez. He's the community support manager here at the International Institute. And Carlos, you mentioned first of all, let's back up. How if people are just like they're getting ready to get out of their car right now, how do I donate? Who do I contact? What's the best way to do that? Great. Thanks for asking. So I'm the point of contact right now for donations that are coming through. We'll have a donations coordinator here soon to manage that. But my number is 314-655-0934, and that's the direct line, my direct line here at the International Institute of St. Louis. For those that want to also, we have a wish list online. So individuals can go to our website at iistl.org slash donate dash items. What that'll take you to is a wish list that we have online, but it'll also take you to 
we have wish lists established with Target and Walmart. So if somebody doesn't have an item or they don't have the time per se, they can order an online, f- order an item from those wish lists and that can oh. be delivered directly to the International Institute. Cool, right? We like to provide, just as you as an individual here in the US wanna have nice things and working things, we also wanna have that ex- same experience for those that we're welcoming to St. Louis. So we like to ask for, we ask for new or very close to new items or in very good condition items that we can utilize when serving these, serving our clients. And also it creates a very welcoming, warm welcoming to individuals. So not just we can welcome the individuals that are coming through resettlement, but also attract other individuals through immigration that want to come to St. Louis and create a stronger region through immigration. That's a more long-term plan that's also established with the mayor's office, with the Greater St. Louis Incorporated team and a lot of those big stakeholders that we have here in the region. Now, some of those specific items, if you don't mind, like items that you need a lot of all the time, what would some of those things be? Yeah, so we're always looking for microwaves. Now we're in the summertime, box fans, rice cookers, laundry detergent is a big item, alarm clocks, cooking utensils, dinnerware sets, glassware, or, um, or cups and mugs. So those are a lot of the things that we are going through. Deodorant, pillows, twin sheets, or any sheets as well. But twin sheets and pillows are another big item that we are in need of right now. Wow. Mark, I think about when people donate things, a lot of times it's like, okay, we've worn that out, so let's donate that to whatever organization. And if you're on the receiving end of that, and maybe you don't have something, like it's, yeah, that's great. But when you're going through some of the things that people have gone through, and even in this country, when you get something that's new, there's other organizations that do the very same thing, where they say, we want new or almost new. Slightly new. Yeah, and we don't want the things that you're getting ready to throw away, because nobody wants those things. You don't want those, so otherwise you wouldn't be donating it. So let's, you know, let's, let's step up and help provide and brighten some family's day or an individual's day, whether it's in this particular situation or any other kind of donation, but specifically here because they're coming from another country. So, Carlos, you say that you help with housing now. I'm sure these folks are not coming in with uh, down payments and deposits and things like that. So how do we help pay for their uh, their housing, I would imagine? Yeah, that's a great question. As families are coming here through our partnership with the, so we work with the U.S. federal government on welcoming individuals to to the to St. Louis. As part of their arrangements, they have a per capita, which is so much money per individual in the family. It's just more than a thousand dollars that we receive to spend on their behalf. Oh. That's over the course of three months that this these funds are covered. So th- those funds go to pay majority is goes towards housing and rent and then it goes to other medical food those essential items as they're first getting welcomed here in st louis so again it's their per capita we use we work and then we work with we establish relationships with a variety of property owners landlords developers um, because there's we can't guarantee rent for a year per se. So we have to work on establishing these relationships with landlords to explain 
this is what we can provide, the deposit and a couple to a few months worth of rent. Mm -hmm. There's other programs and services that our clients can be enrolled in. It's just everything's a case-by-case basis. So there's more long-term support, of course, especially with our social work team and, and that. But really having those relationships with property owners, landlords are also very essential for us in providing not only housing, but affordable or economical house, economic housing for right. for our clients. And we like to welcome individuals as close to the International Institute as possible mm-hmm. upon arrival because we're placed them as close to here as possible so that they can access our services and programs right, very right. initially. And then if they choose to move elsewhere in the region, that's on them, but at least we're getting to that self-sufficiency point where they're feeling building confidence, feeling comfortable being here in the community, mm-hmm. establishing other relationships with community members. Right. So that's a really big part of that. I also mentioned that every other Friday, we're also hosting a community bazaar here at the International Institute. Mm-hmm. So actually tomorrow, right. we're hosting this from 11 to four. For one, it's open to the public, so it's open to the community. It's an economic opportunity for our clients that have started a business selling food or merchandise or gift items. We're welcoming these clients that we've worked with over the course of years to come back and now sell items to the community, but also to provide a resource to the community for food access. We've partnered with Operation Food Search and their St. Louis Metro Market, which is a mobile bus that provides nutritious access to food at below market rate prices. They've been working with us on culturally appropriate food, such as halal meat, spices that they're providing here on our site. So it's a great experience that the public can also access for our neighbors and those that that want to get involved and we have a lot of other food items that we're providing to our clients in partnership with some other organizations that have Mm -hmm. really stepped up so that we can continually provide these kind of services Mm -hmm. to our clients wow that's great that is a great thing (laughs) so that's 11 o'clock to four o'clock on friday which will be june the 9th every friday yeah every every other every other friday every other friday okay great what a (laughs) And where's that going to be held? That'll be here in our back courtyard outside. So in our inner courtyard, we'll have the bus here. We'll have vendors set up. They can buy lunch from the vendors and gifts. Just also a good way of building relationships here in the community Mm -hmm. and how we can share more about the work that we're doing here and just creating a great access point for services. We'll have the Metro Market start at 2 o'clock, so a multi-tiered experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, English classes are here, citizenship classes are here. It makes sense to have people locate close by here to the mm-hmm. institute. Exactly, especially right. when it comes to transportation and right. access. Working with, we do a lot of training too with utilizing the public transit system. So mm-hmm. just all that is as much as we can consolidate to a closer wow. point of access. That goes a long way with service and support for our clients. Also access to technology and phones and data. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an essential item these days. So we have just established a partnership with T-Mobile on providing a two-year plan for clients. Golly. That includes a phone and data pack, unlimited data and and access for up to 10 hot devices to access the phone via hotspot. So okay. those kind of things that we want to implement gives just a greater, again, a greater footing for those that are coming to St. Louis beyond the per capita that I mentioned, mm-hmm. beyond right. those essential basic. We want to go above and beyond so it creates a great experience and can really welcome people and get them 
to wow. feel confident being here in St. Louis. So many moving parts. And yeah. bless you for the time and the energy. It's got to take a lot of energy, but thank you. I mean, I, who am I to say thank you? It's just amazing. How long do the clients stay with you? Do they do you stay with them for oh, as long as it takes? Or Yeah, so usually clients will be with us anywhere from like the core resettlement time period is three months. Mm-hmm. So that's the core resettlement. And that's defined by the U.S. government, so it's not something that we define. But, but essentially, clients can operate or get access to services up to, I'll say, a several years with being in St. Louis. Good. And everything's just a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Some move faster than others, or mm-hmm. just depending on what their situation is. I'll say with our social work department that provides a lot of long, longer-term support, especially with mental health and mm-hmm. well-being. Right. So creating those kind of opportunities for individuals and clients but we, and also in partnership with other organizations, such I mentioned earlier, like with our community partners, with the Islamic Foundation, and even the Congolese community, um, they've really stepped up in, in supporting arrivals as they're coming or, or individuals and families and getting, again, integrated into the community and building those relationships that will help for long-term success. Yeah, it just seems like three months is not enough. Yeah. Exactly. I- that's just amazing. Come on, you guys. Yeah. Congress, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you give them a little bit better hand. Yeah, they're going to, yeah. Well, yeah, can, okay. Well, that'll be a there. whole other show, yeah, I think. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, we're going to have to take a quick break. If you can stick around for a, a few more minutes to talk about the June 14th Welcome Corps and a little bit about the World Refugee Day, that would be great. So, we're going to take a break here. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. Don't go away. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. At St. Louis In Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. 
That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, well, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We're having a great conversation with Carlos Suarez. He's the community support manager here at the International Institute of St. Louis. And there are a couple things coming up. One is June the 14th from 5.30 to 7 o'clock here at the International Institute. And it is about the new Welcome Corps. Tell us, Carlos, what this Welcome Corps is all about. Yeah, thank you. So Welcome Corps is... Um, a new program that was is set, being set up by the, the government, or U.S. government, and it's a way of individuals and groups of individuals getting involved in resettlement and welcoming individuals to St. Louis and other places throughout the course of the U.S. The government, when the time of, of um, the situation happening in Ukraine, the government created a program for individuals to privately sponsor individuals from the Ukraines, from the Ukraine to come to the U.S. And so that was a good case to start building or an example for launching Welcome Corps. Welcome Corps is essentially a way to, for groups to privately sponsor families or cases coming to the U.S. There's still a lot being worked out, but essentially this Wednesday, June 14th, we will host an information session here about Welcome Corps. And it's going to cover what services that are going to be expected for those groups to provide and what kind of support we'll have here from the International Institute. This is a partnership where we'll be working with groups or of individuals, five or more, that are interested in privately sponsoring refugees and immigrants coming to the St. Louis region or, and I'll say region because where people are located. And when you say privately sponsor, are you talking about financial? You're talking about logistic, other kind of logistical kinds of things, food, clothing, shelter, things of those? All the above, essentially. So they'll help with housing. They'll help with raising funds to support that family. Um, They'll help with welcoming individuals at the airport upon arrival. So essentially, when I mentioned resettlement earlier in terms of those that first 90 Mm days, those will be responsibilities that private groups will be responsible for when welcoming an individual or a case or a family to St. Louis. Okay, how do you vet these groups? Are they just neighbors get together and say, hey, we're going to do this, or a, a suburb in the St. Louis area says, hey, we're going to get together and do this, or houses of faith get together and do this? I mean, it'll include a variety of different stakeholders and partners. Already, we're partnering with groups that includes organizations of faith, mm-hmm. includes a neighborhood or a neighborhood association. It includes, it could even include like a business that wants to get involved in sponsoring a family. 
So I'll say it's going to get creative mm-hmm. in this process, mm-hmm. as well as you know there will be expectations, vetting, money will need to be raised to support families. We just don't expect people to be able to just welcome individuals without having any of that financial backing, as well as going through the standard background checks and orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're here to also support that process so we can be a resource <laughs> for those groups that want to participate in this. So You're, Welcome Corps is going to be a, an essential piece to the future of resettlement right. and also the future of, of really basically refugee and immigration work here in the region and across the U.S. You're building support networks so you don't have to do it all yourself here, essentially. Yeah, support networks, partnerships, building stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's really important work, and we really want to expand the opportunity of, of doing that with community. Mm-hmm. With community, we can accomplish a lot more. With partnership, we can. We believe we don't have the answers to everything, but by working together and collaboration, we can achieve a lot more. And that's, I think, a statement for the region and how people have been welcoming, mm-hmm. like especially in times of crisis or need, but also in the in setting the standard for the future. Right. So that, folks, is going to be June the 14th from 5.30 to 7 o'clock at the International Institute, 3401 Arsenal. If you want more information on that, you can go to their website and find out some more information. That's iistl.org. There's also June the 17th here at the International Institute, World Refugee Day. And excuse me, that's going to be at City Foundry, not here at the International Institute. Describe what's going to happen there. Yeah, so World Refugee Day is traditionally June 20th. That's a UN United Nations Day of Observance that we celebrate and recognize the journey of refugees and their resilience to moving to a new location, a new culture. And so what we're going to be doing at the city, we've partnered with City Foundry to host this event to one, showcase the resiliency, the work, the creativity of refugees and also their successes in businesses. So there's going to be a number of vendors outside that are going to be selling goods that can support local businesses and refugee-driven or immigrant-driven businesses. So it'll be a lot of cultural elements to it. And that is there's going to be, we're also partnering with the Alamo Draft House on filming some, or screening a couple movies later in the evening to also highlight and share the journey of those as are coming over here as refugees. World Refugee Day at City Foundry on June 17th. It'll be all day starting at, I believe, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock up into the evening. Mm-hmm. And also on June 20th, which is actual World Refugee Day, we'll have, be having a citizenship, U.S. citizenship ceremony here at the International Institute. There you go. So we've got th- three things here, June 14th, that from 5.30 to 7.30, that is the Welcome Corps, June 17th, World Refugee Day from 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock at the Foundry, and then June 20th, that's a Tuesday, is that what you were saying, citizenship? Yes. A swearing in, and also on June 20th at T-Rex from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, there's going to be Embracing Newcomers, a panel discussion in honor of World Refugee Day, and there's free food and drinks for that, so you can RSVP 
but check that out also on the International Institute's website. How often are we swearing folks in to, uh, how often does that happen? That's a good question, Mark. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know the frequency of that taking place, Mm -hmm. but I know it happens on a regular basis, and there's a number of different partners and stakeholders that are involved in hosting citizenship ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there was one recently at the at the St. Louis Cardinals and some other locations throughout mm-hmm. the course of the city. I know they'd like to do those on July 4th also. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah, that'd be a great, yeah. yeah. What Seem, a memorable Seems like thing. a natural, yeah, it does. Wow. Carlos, thanks very much for taking time to talk to us about this. We really appreciate it. Any final words you have to tell us? Yeah, I'll just mention coming up to we're celebrating the Festival of Nations coming up in August 26th and 27th at Tower Grove Park. So for those that want to get involved, volunteer, vendor, from food and gift items, we're really expanding the vision for the Festival of Nations and hope everyone can witness that. Last year, we hosted the event with over 200,000 people in attendance. So we really want to, this is a great way for us to highlight our vision and mission in the community of embracing multiculturalism. And I was also mentioned, so I was just in DC earlier this week for a leadership summit with the United Nations Association. I serve as the president of the United Nations Association here in St. Louis. And we were highlighting the refugee, worldwide refugee crisis. And right now we're at about just over a hundred million refugees worldwide at this time. And, wow. and the, it's the greatest number or the largest number in history of of humankind and we're expecting it to grow to 117 million by the end of this year so that's you know that there's a huge need for this kind of work taking place not just here in st louis but around the u.s and other countries that are welcoming individuals and the u.s plays a leader leadership role in welcoming and refugees so i'll close by this is where a lot of advocacy and work can come into play highlighting, telling our representatives and community members the importance of the work that we're doing by restoring dignity and human rights and those that are fleeing conflict, natural disaster, and their lives, their fundamental human rights are at stake. It's really meaningful and important and impactful work um, and really looking to collaborate and work with a number of partners and stakeholders here in the St. Louis community. And we want to thank everyone in advance for their support, not just with the crisis in 2021, but just ongoing and volunteerism and getting involved and being leaders in terms of volunteering with our work and really advocating and building awareness for what's going on here in the community. So thank you guys for having me on here and having us and hope to expand on this partnership together and continue to work. Thanks for taking time. Mark, when you think about that number of people and all the conflicts that are going on right now, we were talking about off-air Ukraine and things going on right now in, in Serbia and the constant things going on in Syria and mm-hmm. spilling over to Syria. Lebanon and, you know, it's just things happening in, in various countries in Africa and Sudan. It's overwhelming. But thanks to the work of the International Institute and Individuals others. like Carlos and here uh, yep. work and do that. That just every day let's it's a new day let's start let's get to work i i just can't say enough about what you're doing carlos and what it means to humanity i'm sure that the families appreciate it very much yeah thanks for coming in 
We're going to take another break. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. Don't go away because we have our word of the day and also some humor. Thanks for listening to St. Louis In Tune. On each and every show, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories and interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. Hey, we cover a wide range of content in the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, and humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we connect to what is going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine and look for a show that might interest you And if you have an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, let us know. Just drop us a line at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website again is stlintune.com. STLintune.com. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dreadscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. Wow, the whiplash. <laughs> Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. I want to give you those dates again, folks. June the 14th from 5.30 to 7 o'clock at the International Institute of St. Louis will be the Welcome Corps meeting. June 17th, World Refugee Day, 10 o'clock to 8 p.m. at the Foundry, City Foundry in St. Louis. And then Tuesday, June 20th, there's going to be a citizenship swearing-in ceremony also June 20th at the T-Rex building on 911 Washington Avenue, there will be a panel discussion in honor of World Refugee Day. 
There will be some free food and drinks provided. You must RSVP for that. So you can all check out every one of those things on the website of the International Institute, IISTL.org. And if you've never been to the City Foundry, I have not. This would be a great opportunity to go down and give you a reason to go. Sounds like it's a great place. And Carlos, thank you again for what he does. He is so energetic. He's full of (laughs) energy, and he really gets after it. He's really supporting the community and the refugees that are coming. And he does things for the United Nations, which is amazing. His heart and his soul, I think, is very much into this. his work. When you think about all of the specific individual pieces, uh-huh. and we just go through life and we're oh, raised yeah. with certain things and you're taught things along the way. When you're coming yeah. to another culture, another right. country. It's- Arnold, when you say that pieces, it fits perfectly because while he was talking, I was thinking about all these little things that make the big difference in our day-to-day lives. Right. And he's just like rattling them all off about partners that he's established, people that are helping, and just coordinating and all of that. It's almost like the International Institute of St. Louis is like the the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. It's like this is – we get it all in and then we push it all out. Mm-hmm. And good for them. They go out. They share the work. And they're actually going out trying to find people to help. They just want to help. and. It's so hard to find genuine people that do that. What does weigh on my heart is that the government only gives these folks three months, 90 days. Quick turnaround. And you talked about the emotional stress it takes just to make the trip Mm -hmm. to America. Mm -hmm. And now once you hit the shore, you've got to find your way to St. Louis. And then, you know, it's a whirlwind. Now we're going to throw you in an apartment, which is great. We're going to help you get all established and now go get a job. And you may not speak the language. Right. Yeah, that's the part for me is hard. Is three months, you've got to start getting on your feet. I've got two young adult <laughs> children that I'm still trying to get on their feet, and it's hard for them. Right. I can't imagine for someone, like you say, doesn't speak the language. So the work that they do and is amazing. And I am going to talk to my council person and my senator and say, come on. I, it'll, I hope it doesn't go in deaf ears. It usually does. Well, and, Mark, when you think about what are the things we talked about today, or all of the things we talked about today, and you, then you hear about all this immigrant crisis going on. You mainly hear, like, the border and all right. this other kinds of stuff. When you see what people are dealing with mm-hmm. and why would they want to come here, and now we are short on jobs, and we don't have enough people for the jobs— and people don't want to work the jobs that are there. Yeah. It, it compounds things. It's, what is we, going we've been on? a nation of immigrants. We've <laughs> right. always welcomed. You know, that's that. what we were built on. That's I mean, correct. You, you know that. It's hello. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we that's, are. We're, also, want to mention the Festival of Nations date that he mentioned, August the 26th and 27th at Tower Grove Park. We're going to be there again. We were there last year. We were there last year. I had correct. a little tent. We had yeah. a prize wheel. We let folks record little things for the radio. We did some spots from there. Uh-huh. We, we ate some of the food. Dance. You were dancing, I know. I, I you danced were, around, yes. You were doing some of the dances to some of the uh, some music. Of the music. Right. Yeah, not bands, music. I don't know what they were, but 
it was cultural. It was. <laughs> and it was fun. And folks, come out just to see Arnold dance. It's something to watch. I want to get Amy, your wife, to come and dance with you. We do, dance all the time when the, we can. Do the dip and things like that. And <laughs> we weren't swayed by oh. a blandishment. Oh, oh no. This is our word of the day. I'm segueing. Okay, I love We weren't it. swayed by a blandishment, which is something said or done in order to coax or persuade an individual or group to do something. So Mark didn't have a, he didn't. A blandishment. Uh, yeah, it's, and words usually used in a plural form, blandishments. So it's, here's a sentence. It's important that the mayor not be swayed by bribes and blandishments. Mm. Decisions must be made for the overall good of the city. Wow. No treat, soft word, or other blandishment could get the mule to move when it decided it would rather stay put. So Mark's blandishment of me to dance was not a factor in me getting up and moving. Wow. I, that's... <laughs> That's nice, right? Wow. Okay. A blandishment. A b l a n d i s h m e n t. Did I get it right? It, yeah, it's blandishment. Oh, it's blandishment. Blandishment. Not a blandishment. It's right. blandishment. blandishment. Okay. That's great. I love. There you are. How do you? No matter where you go, there you are. I think that's great. A, a blandishment. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, let's. Uh, you have any days? I call this Mark's days of the day. I do have a couple of few days. Let's see. Oh, let's see. National Donald Duck Day. There was a couple of kids in school that could actually talk like him. Really? Yes. I think it's I can't really, remember who they were. But. I think it's hard to talk like Donald Duck. A National No Apologies Period Day. Oh, that's dangerous. Is it? You think so? That's dangerous, especially when people are driving. I rode my bike here and got cut off a couple times. Did you? Yes. I was like, what are you thinking? I know. Why aren't did they Did you so... see me? One oh, yeah. guy said, I didn't see you. I said, uh, yeah, I've got a did. big yellow bicycle and a white shirt on. Mm-hmm. How can you miss they, me? Yeah, no, they didn't miss you. Yeah. They didn't care. A national meal prep day. Do you ever prep your meals? Have them all ready to go? What do you mean by that? Have them... Organize your kitchen. Treat yourself to your favorite recipes. And get it all ready to go. So when you go home today, you'll have dinner all prepped and ready to go. I like to do that when we're having company over and I'm getting ready to cook. I like to have everything, you really? know, whether it's onions, diced, or whatever. It's uh-huh. all sitting there. I like... Uh, That's yeah, nice to be able like to do it. It would be, like be, it'd be fun to be invited over to yeah. be when you have... Well, you've been over. I'd like to be company. I like being company. <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay. A couple more. National Iced Tea Day. Are you an iced tea drinker? I've not drink. I've not had a lot of iced tea. Really? No. Yeah. Hot tea? They love it over in England. I'll drink that when I've got sore throat coming on, that kind of stuff. You put honey and lemon in it. Do you? Okay, mm-hmm. I love putting honey in my tea. Mm-hmm. I can't do it without honey in my tea. A National Rosé Day. I don't know if oh, you're, yeah. you're a wine nice drinker, stuff. aren't you? That's very good stuff. I'm not a big rosé. Sparkling uh, rosé is really good. Uh-huh. How about Dolly Day? Bring out your dolls and reminisce about the good old days. It's scary to me. Old dolls. I'm, I'm silent on that. All right, old dolls are <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> I almost went into a National Egg Roll Day. You like egg rolls? Oh, I love egg rolls. Do you? Yeah. This is, you should join as we unwrap the layers surrounding the origins of the delicious egg roll. Isn't that yummy? It just sounds delicious. I don't to like me. them fried real hard, so the outsides are uh-huh. really hard. Let's see, a World Gin Day. 
Gin. Gin and tonic. You like gin? Uh, no, not a I fan. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Never was a hard, a hard liquor, liquor kind of nope. drinking kind of person. And then coming up this weekend, National Corn on the Cob Day. Do you like corn on the cob? I love corn on the cob. I love it on the grill. That's my favorite too. And then you can actually take it off the cob and put it with some some mm. onions or some tomatoes, really chopped up diced tomatoes, and right. make a nice little recipe there. Throw this in a couple a, of herbs and the cooking with Arnold show. Yeah. So do you, <laughs> do you when you cook it on the grill? Because I'm trying to master it. Okay. Do you wrap it in? I call it tin foil, but I think they call it aluminum foil now. Just like I used to call it an ice box, but it's really a refrigerator. So do you wrap it in? I don't. I, you I, just put it right on the grill? A couple different ways to do it. You can husk it, and oh, that's then right. I put I rub olive oil all over it into the grooves of the corn, mm-hmm. and Ooh. then salt and pepper, and Ooh, then you just... Olive oil. Then you're using... It's, you're cooking it high, so not on high temperature, but you're high above the uh-huh. heat, and you just rotate it a lot. The other way to cook it I've seen is you pull the green husk off, and then you pull the uh, silks off. You mm-hmm. take the silks oh, off right. and then put the husk back on it. I was just going to ask that if you did that. Okay, that's I've seen it that way too. But you're, the first way you were talking about taking the husk all the way off and then husking the silks off and then doing all that and then I think I would like to pull the husk back, put all that stuff on it that you just said, mm-hmm. and then put the husk back and then put it right down mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. But I like it when the kernels get a little burnt. I do too. I think that's what makes it the most fun for me. Yeah. National Children's Day this weekend. Remember our children? They are our future. future. I believe the children are our future. I do, too. There could be a song about and it. That could be. No, national... often used on a resume for educators. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. National Making Life Beautiful Day. Everything yep. is beautiful. Yep. Let's see. Uh, I don't... Oh, I, here's the last one here, uh, just for now. A national Say Hi Day. Say hi? Yeah, not... Yeah, say hi, Howdy. <laughs> Strangers can be the best friends with just saying hello. And I just, can I just say that I just want to opine a moment. Pine I, away. I don't know if that's, is that one of your words of the day, opine? opine. Yeah, it's, it's. So the boys and I, Michael and Matthew, my two sons, um, I took Michael to a race over at the NASCAR uh, race. NASCAR race. Mm-hmm. I took him to one years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and he was really young, didn't remember much, so he bought tickets for me. And my other son, Matthew. Okay. And so the three boys went, and Michael said, I just want to relive that moment than when we went, Dad. And I thought that was very, That's very nice. But we sat in not too far from the finish line, and we were sitting there. And I have to say, I have to say, and I've said it to my wife, Maria, many times, the folks were so nice. There was 85,000 people wow. at that racetrack. Wow. And all the people around us, we were just striking up conversations. Everyone was very pleasant. Everyone was really nice. And some of them looked pretty rough the way they came in. And, and I, well, I don't know if I'm going to, we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to bond here a little bit. But everyone, and we were very close because we were on those, those benches where it's just got a bench and it's got a number. Yeah. You know, stenciled on to you it. You in the bleachers. Yes, I was in the bleachers and, and the number stenciled and if you're a bigger person, you maybe you need a stencil and a half. Yeah, you need <laughs> <laughs> I know. So it's it was that, but everyone. I have to just say, kudos. And it was not just in our area, but 
as I went down and walked around, people were very pleasant. It was a really, I, I was very taken by it because cool. I just don't, I'm not just not, for some reason lately, I'm just not used to the, to folks being very kind when they're in a, they're usually like, hey, get out of my way. I'm yeah. like, Come on, you're in my seat. Maybe they knew it was say hello day or say hello day was right. coming up. So say hi. Right. That's say right. Hi. So hi, say hi to somebody. You never know. It just made, sorry. It, it I, can I, make their day. I opined a bit there, but. That's uh, right. Good to the NASCAR fans. They're yeah, they're some of the greatest. It's, I'm probably most of them are deaf, but uh, <laughs> there was people that would not wear earplugs. I was like, oh, you want some? I got some extra ones. Yeah, you need. Earplugs. They don't want. Oh my goodness, it was really loud. That's what I hear. It's really and the drag races we did those once Oof. with the nitro. Ooh. Nitro fuel. It's unbelievable like a how spaceship like, oh, it, like the ground vibrates and the hair on your arm. If you have any, it goes. It moves up and stuff. <laughs> it's a really. It's exciting, but boy, it's, it's like an experience. It was. I know. It was quite an experience. <laughs> quite a long day. It was in the hot sun on those aluminum seats? Ooh. But it was. I was with my boys. That's that was what's important. That was the best thing I ever. Yeah. I don't know about you, Mark, but I've thought about running away more as an adult than I ever did as a kid. It took me a moment, but I think I get it. So there's this gal that goes into this Italian bakery, and she says, what do you have with no fat and no sugar? Napkins. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. What do we learn from cows, buffaloes, and elephants? I don't know. It's impossible to reduce weight by eating grass, green grass and salads and walking. I agree with the baby. <laughs> I have transferred a lot of my funnies. Here's another one. English is the only language where you drive in parkways and park in driveways. It's also the only language where you recite in a play and play in a recital. The word cue... U-E is just a Q followed by four silent letters. <laughs> jail, jail and prison are synonyms, but jailer and prisoner are antonyms. Oh. Uh, get their baby out of here. Somebody take care of it. When you transport something by car, it's called a shipment. But when you transport something by ship, it's called cargo. Folks, that's all for this hour. That's enough. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, when the Martians invade, there's only one race, the human race, and every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network for St. Louis in Tune. Co-host Mark Langston. I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember to walk worthy and let your light shine.